We had reached that little inlet, and I just started feeling awful, like just dreadful. I just, it felt like I wasn't really safe. felt like there was something else that was much bigger, much more intimidating. I was shocked. There was a tree that had been turned upside down with the roots in the air. This is the Crypto Creatures Podcast. I am Brian, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Ty. What's up, buddy? Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. Brian, how's it going tonight? Fantastic, man. Excited for another great episode coming up. Me too. I love talking to these people, man. Just hearing these encounters. Yep. Me too. Uh, tonight, we're going to bring on Will and his buddy, Norman. Uh, they're going to talk about some crazy stuff that happened to them in Middle Tennessee. Yep. Not sure what they saw. It. Uh, not sure what, what this could be, but we'll, we'll hear them out and see what they got to say. Yeah, we'll see what they have to say. Okay, let's bring them on. Let's get them. Hey, Will and Norman, thanks for coming on and talking to us, guys. Oh, good to be here. Yeah, yeah thanks for coming on. I know it was short notice, but uh, appreciate it. You guys had um, contacted us, I think, email and said that you had something going on, I guess, when you guys were younger. Is that right? Yes, yes. And this uh, hap- happened in Tennessee? Yeah. Yeah. Middle Tennessee, pretty, pretty centered. Okay. Well, okay. one of you, uh, go ahead and start, and you guys can take turns telling, telling what happened or, or your side of the story. Well, around uh, the summer between 7th and 8th uh, grade, about uh, 13 years old, 14, around that age, uh, I was living in a trailer, uh, kind of like, I guess in the country, it was, it was pretty secluded from, you know, it was a pretty rural area. But, uh, I had invited, uh, I invited Hunter here, uh, over and another friend of mine. And we were, uh, just exploring these woods behind our house because that's what we like to do when we were younger. You know, we, uh, we just like to get out there and just see what we can find, see what we can come across. And all of us really grew up with, um, the, ghost stories and monster stories and things like that and TV shows and looking it up, we always found that really interesting. So any time we got the chance, we would go out and do that ourselves, see if we could find anything, go places that were interesting that we've heard stories about. And around his home, Will's home here, he did have stories. So we got permission to go out onto the field and into the woods nearby his home from the property owner. And we kind of just started exploring that area. So, uh, yeah. Uh, one day we were back there. We were, uh, we were in the uh, woods that were directly behind my house. Uh, the edge of the forest was probably on, not even like 30, 40 feet, uh, from the back of my house. But we were, uh, we were in, it was a pretty good stretch of woods. Couldn't say it was it was a long uh, distance, 
but we were kind of towards the back, towards the opening of the field. We found this little uh, little area that had like junk and stuff. It was just, it looked like, you know, something was frequently like kind of moving through there, just you know, displacing everything. We didn't really think much of it. We just thought it was just a junk pile. Well, I had remembered smelling a, a faintly odd smell. It was a, it wasn't strong. It wasn't pungent, but I could tell, you know, there was some type of uh, odor. As we were heading back to that, uh, the house after being down there for about an hour or two, uh, this was probably three or four o'clock in the afternoon. It was, was bright day. There was no dark areas around us. We were pretty much out in the open. Everything to our right was just open field, and to our left were just a few trees and bushes, nothing big or anything like that, so it was really well lit. We could see most everywhere around. But uh, Out of nowhere, we hear this awful roar, kind of. Like, it was, it sounded like a lion, basically, yeah. tearing a cow apart. It just, it had Sounded nothing like any animals that would be in that area that you know that would be in Middle Tennessee. It was it was probably the scariest thing that I think I had heard, and still that I could say that I have heard, especially in person, in that in in my entire life so far, by far. It was honestly terrifying. It was entirely terrifying at that moment. Because we had never heard anything like that, the three of us that were there. Yeah, we uh, we heard that. We bolted back to the to the house. Uh, kind of just stayed stay away from that area for uh, a couple weeks. But uh, eventually, you know, we were we were sitting around thinking and just kind of wondering what you know what's back there because you know I I live almost directly in front of where this happened. So uh, I was just kind of worried about you know, what could be what could be in there and we just kind of got the idea that we'd get a group of a f- uh, group of us, a group of our friends and everyone we could think to get us to come with us to join us. We'd get them and uh, we'd go down there and just explore, just see what we can find. Just Try and try and find anything that can explain, you know, what we heard that day. Uh, so yeah, we we get about six or hey, it was about eight of us in total, including us two. Um, our original plan was to try and do a interior maneuver sort of thing, where three of us would go around one side and start at one side that of was, the woods. Are you the, that was later? It was, it was about the same time. This was. Yeah, Yeah, but us over the course of the summer, we had went down there. We had like we had went down there for a few weeks, just looking and seeing, like just trying to find things. And we had come across some oddly weird stuff down there. Uh, I remember one day we were uh, we didn't have all of us there. That day it was about five, five of us, four or five, and we were going through the back, the farther back of the woods because how it was laid out was there. My my house was uh, in my house was in one area, and then there was a giant field off to the left, and uh, 
then there was like a little clearing that was farther down, separated by like an inlet of woods. And we had gone farther, like past that, because usually we just kind of stuck in that little inlet, but we had gone deeper in, uh, past this thorn, like a big brush of thorns that was hard to get through. And when we got back there, and man, it was just crazy. We saw, we saw, we saw like four or five of these huts. It looked like huts that were made out of like vines. Because we've grown up in the South, we've went out the woods and, you know, traversed through really deep thickets and everything. But these these vines didn't grow normally. They grew almost, inter- it looked like they were intertwined and kind of like rounded off to be domes or little like huts, like he said. And you could, you could walk underneath them. They weren't massive. In terms of height, like you would have to crouch down and get underneath them, but they still did grow in an extremely weird way. Like someone had intentionally like twined them over in order to make these little dome shaped huts. And How many were there? About four, four or five. Yeah, four or five. And uh, one of them was really weird because there was a tree, like a, a big, like, the, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the center part of the tree. The trunk. The trunk. trunk. Yes. I don't know why I couldn't think of it. All right. right. I'll fix that. Don't worry. The, uh, the trunk was leaned over into another tree, and at the top of it was one of those huts that was, like, was built up there. So, well, that was, that was a really weird thing to see. We didn't, we didn't understand what they were, why they were, why they were there. Uh, later that day, a few of us had uh, went back up to the house to get something to drink and eat because we had been down there for a few hours. And two of us stayed down there. Uh, my friend, two, yeah, two of my friends stayed down there, and they were on that trunk that was falling over to the other tree. They were just sitting up there, and uh, while we were eating. They just come barging in out of nowhere uh, and say that, like, they had seen something. Down there. They, had, they had seen what they said was a, like, white, furry creature just kind of, like, moving very slowly uh, through the woods. Yeah. Is it in the, yeah. Yeah. Through the woods, like, not deep, deep into the woods, but just on the edge of it to where you could see into something moving through there. And, you know, us being 13-year-old kids who loves this stuff, we're more intrigued to keep going, like, you know, keep... Going back there. Going back in there, <laughs> finding everything we can. Uh, we found... You know, we didn't find much... Other than that, like anything as big as that area, we did find a fence that was kind of crushed at a certain point, and there was a uh, there was some hair that was caught on the fence. And it was you know it was white uh, like white fur hair. And we could we thought it could have been a deer just jumping over the fence, but the hair was like kind of caught in the middle. So I feel like anything that was kind of like if you. It was just going to hop over. It wouldn't get caught in that, in that center of middle area. Mm-hmm. 
like something was kind of just either climbing over, dragged its dragged something like near it. Eventually, it all culminated in one night where we got eight of us. That's Going where on. we had tried to do our pincer maneuver idea, where he took a group, um, two of our friends, and I took a group, two of our friends. Um, we went to, he started out behind his home towards the woods, and I started out on the other side of the fields and the other side of the woods, and we kind of just worked our way around to where we could meet in the middle. Whilst we had two friends in the two different parts of the field to keep an eye out just in case anything moved around or they could catch something whilst we were trying to scare it out as much as middle schoolers could scare out. Right. Yeah. yeah, we were. So we were down there for a good uh, hour, hour and a half, uh, just going through brushes and branches and stuff like that and, you know we kind of just we were, we were on the verge of kind of giving up because we hadn't really noticed anything and we hadn't really uh, experienced much that night until uh, we had reached that little inlet we weren't in it but it was around that area and I just started feeling awful I felt just dread like just dreadful I just it felt like you know I wasn't really safe in that area. I felt like there was something else that was, you know, kind of, you know, much bigger, much more intimidating than three of us down there. While we were, uh, while we were looking through, I, I did hear kind of like rustling and stuff off to the side until we came to this opening and I was shocked. There was a uh, a tree uh, had been turned upside down with the roots in the air and stuck in the ground, and mm-hmm. I was terrified. I I didn't it, obviously I had read up on Bigfoot stuff by then because I was I was avid. I loved reading about that, and that was one of the things I read was that they like to do that sometimes. They they warn you to basically stay out of this territory. Mm-hmm. And at that point I was I was freaking out. My friends were awestruck. They they didn't know like what, what was happening. We take off uh through this thorn, like just just really dense like uh thicket of thorns because I was just wanting to get out. I, there was a easier way to get out much farther to go. If you went straight to the thorns, you were practically outside of the woods. So I ducked out of there. But I was, as I was moving, uh, the thing that I remember the most from that entire summer is seeing this... It's, it's hard to describe, but it's it's like this... Uh, I don't know, kind of like a man face, almost. But, you know, morphed more animal-like in a, in a sense. And it was about, I'd say eight feet off the ground. And I could see it in this little like brush about 20 feet in front of me, just staring as I was moving, like trying to move through 
these thorns and it was terrifying. I, I could, what I could see when I saw it, I could see, uh, kind of like white fur kind of around the head area, the chest area. And, uh, the eyes were, I couldn't see the eyes very well because it was night outside. You know, it's hard to see kind of the facial, like, features, but no, I could, uh, I could tell it was, it was there. It was looking back. As soon as I, that happened, I pushed even harder through the thorns and got out. Around this same time, my group of friends, we really hadn't run into anything ourselves. We, for the most part, we were just having fun jogging through the woods, you know, just tramping through looking. But, Around this, I would say probably the same time that he got an eerie feeling, a like him and the rest of our friends. We also, the two friends that I was with started to get nervous and freaked out. They didn't know why either, but they didn't feel comfortable. And I also started to get that feeling. It's probably the only, the one time that I can remember that my fight or flight response was purely fight. And I wanted to get out of there, but I, for, for some reason, personally, I just got very um, territorial at that time. So I trudged through and I kept, I brought my two friends that were with me through the rest of the woods. And about to that halfway point is whenever we heard him, Will, and our other two friends uh, coming out and running out of the woods. And so we exited out with them, and that's when we ran into them. Luckily, we didn't have any, we didn't see anything, but we felt like something was there. There was a presence, and it was obvious. And being in middle school, that was extremely scary at the time. It was not a comfortable feeling having eyes on you and being able to actually feel those eyes on you for whatever reason they were on us. Uh, can you guys describe how big in diameter those um, huts or those structures you found were? You said you had to kind of duck down, but you could kind of stand up in them. So they were obviously, what, six feet tall, maybe? About there. How, how, how big in diameter do you think they were? I want to say... 12, 15 feet. Yeah. Around, around 12, yeah. And like, they weren't like, you know, humongous, but they were, they were fairly big. Yeah. What were you guys thinking when you saw them? Did you think they were done by humans or? Personally, I thought that it had to be, it wasn't natural. It was obviously not natural because vines don't just grow in a dome shape for no reason. Um, So my own thought was that either somebody's out here or something has been through here enough to cause this to happen. So it's definitely not natural. Something made it. If not man-made, then something that was out there. Did you guys notice any kind of debris or anything like that around these things or any kind of, you know, articles of, of human nature? It was barren. Uh, 
before that is whenever we had found all the junk and trash like that looked like someone who used to be out there a long time ago had left stuff. But after we passed that, there was basically nothing until those huts. And when we got there, it also, it was, it was in the trees, but it wasn't a normal look because whenever you're walking through the woods, you can see light shining through. It's bright. And especially whenever it's midday and it was midday when we were out there. But when we got towards these, it was like the trees had completely canopied the area because even though it was midday, it was a bluish tint, almost like it was nighttime underneath those, which was extremely strange. I'm not sure if that was natural. It might have been, but it was, it's definitely an eerie place to be because it would, it was, what would you say, like two o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon? Yeah, it was, it was very early in the afternoon. Yeah. So it shouldn't have been that dark off in the but it was. It was almost a blue filter over the entire area where those domes were. After we passed those, we got to a fence and it was just bright field again. So I'm not sure what would have caused it to be that dark, but it was it was strange, to say the least. Not natural. Let's talk about the tree. Uh, we've heard of that, the upside down tree thing uh, with Alaska. Um, mm-hmm. Some documentaries on that in Alaska, where they right. found these huge upside down trees that could not have been done by by human. Um, how big was this tree, and how tall do you think it was? Um, it was it was a smaller tree, so it wasn't a huge one that would like grow up. I I say it's uh, probably uh, eleven twelve feet. Like high up, but uh, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see the the roots in the air, so that's why I knew it was something. It was weird because the roots were in the air. right. Was, was yeah, like that. yeah, that's weird. Probably not something I could. You get your do. sorry. Go ahead, Brian. Could you get your arms around it? Was a pretty good, pretty oh, yeah. good distance around. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it's pretty thick. I mean, I could almost reach my arms all the way around. I, I they were almost touching, but still a big tree. It's still a big tree, yeah. And a human's not going to do that. And why? Yeah, none of why us would could they? do that. Why would you? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to turn this tree upside down. For no reason. Uh, yeah, obviously that's Bigfoot's way of saying, "Hey, get out of here. Stay, stay away. Leave me alone. This is my territory. Don't cross this path." Whatever he's doing. Um, it's kind of weird that, that you had an albino uh, Bigfoot. We hear about them from time to time. But, um, you know, for those those guys to stay hidden as much as they do, it's it's kind of crazy. But uh, how far away was the were the huts from, like, your property or your house, would you say? Uh, I want to say about two and a half, three miles back into the woods. They were, I mean, they weren't like... The woods do end at a certain point, but they were probably in the middle. It's like the, they don't go on for a long time, but uh, they were they were in the deepest part of the pretty far. So, how far away from the face do you think you were, Will, when you saw it looking at you? It, 
probably 20 feet, I want to say. It was not far. It was not far at all. I could definitely see, you know, I could see the whole, like, outline of the head and the shoulders. And I had my flashlight shine over it really quickly. So, because I was, obviously, when I saw it, I was even more freaked out than I was already. So I was I wasn't trying to like point my flashlight in its in its direction. Right. Mm-hmm. Look at it intently. It freaked me out a lot. But when I shined over I could tell the uh obviously the white fur and it was very tall off the ground. Like I said, probably like eight and a half feet. It was probably was the was the face color, the skin color, uh, human color? Was it darker? Uh, what, uh, what color was this thing? Pink. It was. It was a little like on the dark side of pinkish, like tan. It was. It wasn't like you know. I, I hear people say that Bigfoot skins are like black or gray, but it was. It was much lighter than that. You say. You said it. Looked like a man's face, but I think the word you used was morphed or something like that. What did you mean? Uh, did it look more like a guy, like a person, like a man, or not? Yeah, it uh, it had like you know the the same kind of structure, I, I guess, of a of a man's face, but you know, it just felt like when I when I looked over real quick, it just kind of seemed more like it wasn't totally man. It was it was animal in a way, you know, it was you could tell there was man features, but it just looked more like an animal. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. The reason he asked is because um in the time we've been doing this we talked to a lot of people and uh read a lot of stuff and there's a few different kinds of Bigfoot. One is more gorilla. One is more human. So we're just trying to, to and, and especially out out in this in that area down there east and south. Yeah, they're more human like. So that's what we we're trying to get a feel for what it was. Kind of a geological thing, maybe. Maybe. So what did you guys do after that? Did you tell anybody what you saw? Did you tell your parents what happened? I uh, I did tell my mom. I was really freaked out. I was like, "Mom, uh, I think we should move. I think, <laughs> I think we should get out of here." Uh, she didn't really believe me all too well because who usually does when you say so, when you mention things like that. But my stepdad was a little bit weird about it. He uh, he was kind of like just unassuming about the whole thing. He he usually went down in the woods. Like every night uh, while we were doing this, now I don't know if he ever saw what we saw or encountered that, but he just he didn't seem all too uh, surprised when I told him. But maybe he did. But other than telling them, I kind of just kept it in the We just kind of discussed amongst ourselves because we were the only ones there that saw everything. I will say. Personally, I did not keep it in our friend group. 
I'm known for being a very outspoken person about any adventures that we go on or anything like that. And I, I believe because of that, a lot of our friends, my family and so forth, have an idea or a knowledge that I'm not going to just tell things just to talk about them or just make up stories. And I tell, I, I'm very honest about everything. So whenever I would tell my family and so forth, I don't believe that they were necessarily completely believing of the things that we experienced or saw. But a majority of people that I told have a knowledge that if I saw it, then there was something there. They probably didn't believe that it was something like a large albino Bigfoot or anything like that. But for the most part, I would talk to people and tell them they usually didn't have the biggest, like, oh, there is something out there sort of reaction, but they understood that there might be something out there. If he believes that there's something out there, he saw it, he, there has to be something. It might not be so fantastic, but there is something. So did you guys ever go back out in the woods or no? no I never went back down in there. After that night, I was, I was too freaked out. <laughs> there, there was one last time that before he had moved, well had moved, that he, I, and our friend uh, Chuck, for name purposes, we went out to just look. We didn't go into the woods because we didn't want to step back in there and chance anything, but we were just walking down towards the field with uh, flashlights. And once we got to a certain point, I was scanning the trees and everything. What did you see? You know, yeah, well, I looked down at that uh, that inlet in between the two fields of trees, and uh, I swear that I had saw a pair of eyes kind of, like, poking around the, uh, the corner of the inlet that was closer to the connection between the two fields. Mm-hmm. It could have just been, you know, the night playing tricks on me, whatever that could have, whatever it could have been in my imagination or something like that, but it just felt like there were a pair of eyes uh, looking back. And you know, obviously, I wasn't going down to the woods, but uh, <laughs> after seeing that, you know, that at that moment, uh, I freaked out. I again, I ran back to the house. This is probably the more funny of the stories that we have, as he saw eyes, and I was looking off to the right. I couldn't see what he was looking at. Um, our friend Chuck also, presumably, we think he saw what Will had seen because his reaction was also very fearful of the look of it. But as I turned around to look at them to find out what they were looking at, they had stepped backwards a step behind me. And as I went to step back as well, Chuck and I had uh, baseball bats because we weren't going down there unprepared for something. And Will here had nothing, and his reaction... Are you, are you okay with me saying it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. His reaction was to yell out, you two have the bats, protect me. And he turned around and sprinted <laughs> probably the distance of a football field faster than I have seen anyone sprint in my life. And that just caused me and Chuck to run and by the time we got inside, he had already been inside and 
completely calmed down, drinking a glass of Kool-Aid whilst we catched up to him. And that was that was the last time that we had gone out there before Will had moved from that. Well, you guys did have the weapon, so... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you guys had mentioned before we started talking tonight that um, you had some other weird paranormal maybe things going on with you. Yeah, uh, I've had a couple of uh, ghost encounters in the past that were uh, had to be because they were really strange. I, I, you know, there was a time when I was, well, I think when I was about ten years old, uh, me and my brother and uh, about uh, five or six of my mom's. Uh, friends kids had decided to go into this uh barn that uh was near the house that i lived in and uh let me stop you real quick is that the same house where you had the, the oh, no. incident this is before no, this a is different not. house okay yeah this still is, in tennessee though or yeah okay it's, it's still in the still in the same area like general area but we had gone to this barn that was uh my mom had told us that it was haunted. You know, I, I don't know if she was trying to scare us or keep us from going there, but we wanted to check it out because, again, we're a bunch of kids who like to uh, explore. So we went out down in there and we were looking at this barn and just walking around. And after we had stepped through the middle of the barn, there was this sliding door, uh, you know, that kind of just connects the two sides. And before uh, Tyler who was uh, one of the older kids in the group with us, he was going to shut the door, and we were all looking, like all six of us were looking towards him when this door uh, slammed on its own, shut. And there was no one else, you know, there with us. We all jumped back. Uh, Tyler, he was just kind of uh, shocked for a sec. You know, he was just kind of like staring at the door. Like, that really just happened that the door just closed on its own so we you know we were frightened a little but still curious in a, in a sense so we didn't really just kind of bolt we just took caution with us as we continued to look at this barn and uh we had made it down the main stable area to the end uh where a giant door was opened and there was like a old uh, spinning phone, like an old rotary phone where you, you know, click yes. the numbers. <laughs> and a lot of those kids nowadays don't know how to use those things. Either. Yeah, I don't know how those, I don't know what those are. We know That's what right. talking about, though. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we had went by it and it started to rain out of nowhere. And uh, we didn't know like if the phone was still in use because it was the first time it rained, so we didn't know if they actually used it or if it was out of use. My brother answered the phone, and uh, he said all he heard on the other end was heavy breathing uh, after he picked it up. He, he said he didn't hear anyone say anything. Uh, he tried to talk into it. Okay, and all it was just continuous heavy breathing. So we just we hung up and uh, you know kept on going. Uh, we had we went back through the uh, after looking through the stable area. Nothing really stood out to us. We went back through the sliding door because we had all decided that we were brave enough to go back through and we weren't afraid. Uh, we stepped back into this room. It looked like a little office area. And there was a uh, counter that we had seen our first time around 
that was dated for 1970-something. I think it was 1973, I believe. Uh, but when we come back through, the calendar was now dated, and this was in 2012, but the calendar was dated for 2016. Uh, it changed out, and there was a tie hanging on the wall. It's like a new tie is staying there. Uh, really freaky. It, we didn't, we, after that, like we noticed all the, uh, changes. We kind of just said we had, had enough and, uh, left on to just going to go to the creek and swim. <laughs> we were, we were, had our fill for the day. Yeah. That, that terrify any 10 year old kids, I think, or scare them and creep them out. So you guys believe in Bigfoot then after after this happening? You, you definitely think that he's real? I'd already, obviously, already had a fiction for him when I was younger. You know, I grew up watching Harry and the Andersons and uh, <laughs> looking at all these Bigfoot sightings and reading about mm-hmm. him. So I already kind of believed him, but after that, ex- believed in him. But after that experience, I, you know, I definitely know he's out there. You know, I know there's, if not him, something very similar. Right. What about you, Norman? What's your thoughts about that? You think Bigfoot's real? I think that there's definitely something out there. I don't know necessarily if it is Bigfoot or if everything that seems to be Bigfoot is Bigfoot or if there's multiple different things out there. But I believe that with how many sightings, how much stuff has been found around the country, around the world, really... There's pretty much no way to say definitively that he doesn't exist or that some form of Sasquatch doesn't exist. So there's definitely something out there. We just have to find it first. Right. What All would right. you guys say to someone who said they saw Bigfoot? What would you tell them? I'd probably ask them uh, their encounter, you know, what they, how they came across them, because I like hearing the uh, encounters like that. Not violent ones right yeah i mean i tell them that they probably do if they they believe they do honestly we we hear them out and we likely end up going to where they said that they saw one ourselves (laughs) because that's just the type of people we are if we hear a ghost story we hear a cryptid encounter we will go out there ourselves and we'll see for ourselves even though we are somewhat dumb sometimes for doing so we will Try to go out there and look for ourselves. Be safe about it. I guess that makes us, me and Brian, dumb too, because we do the same thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was my next question. I was going to say, uh, do you guys get out and scout around and squatch around and whatnot out there when you have opportunities? As much as we can. If, if we find a chance to, we'll go out and search, even if it's not necessarily a uh, Bigfoot sighting or any. Any sightings, really, any places uh, in our hometown, we have a uh, place called the Witch's Grave, which is supposed to be a witch's grave at an old uh, church. We've gone out there multiple times. We'll go investigate wherever we can, really, see where we can find. Cool. There's probably a lot of stuff going on down there in Tennessee, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Smokies. Yeah. I. I'd say most of the, uh, you know, other than what we encountered and maybe a few other people, I'd say most of the cryptid-based encounters probably happen up in the in the Smokies and Appalachians. But 
definitely paranormal stuff. That I feel like happens a lot across Tennessee. It could just be that it's oh, paranormal. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's happened in that state. And a lot more things to just Bigfoot too. So keep your eyes open down there. Yeah, yeah. How far are we? Are you guys away from Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge and all that? Are you pretty close to that area too? Uh, we're about two hours okay. over there. To be safe when you're out there poking around in the woods, and let us know if you see anything else. Well, definitely. Yeah, we would like to see something else. Yeah. Hey, we hope <laughs> we helped you out too, and I hope you guys feel a little bit better about talking about it and getting it out there. Yeah. We appreciate you coming and talking to us again. Thanks for reaching out to us. Uh, really meant a lot to talk to you guys tonight and hear your story. And uh, yeah, dude. Thank, thank you for thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for listening. All right, yeah, you guys take care then. All right, thank you. All right. I'll talk to you. You're listening to the Cryptid Creatures podcast with Todd and Brian. If you've had an encounter and want to be on the show, email us at info at cryptidcreatures.co. An albino Bigfoot. We've heard of those from time to time. Is that our first one? Is that our first? O- no, we've had an albino uh, Bigfoot before. I, I don't know that I'd call it albino. I don't, I mean, I don't, it could have been, but I don't know. We just talked to somebody what, uh, a couple weeks ago about white Bigfoots. You know, maybe not albino, maybe just white, white fur. Like I said, Tennessee's got a lot of stuff going on down there. So they, they get, yeah, they do. You know, mm-hmm. Run into a lot of stuff. So I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. Those huts would have been mm-hmm. very interesting. I wonder why there were four of them. Yeah, I'd like to have seen that. Probably a it's family. It's strange, you know, strange how they do mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Anyway, keep learning more and more and more as we go along yeah, here. pretty cool. All right, my friend. Let's roll out of here then. All right, man. Always fun. Yes, sir. Talk to you later. See ya. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.